So, guys, so Chris, actually, it's been a minute doing a podcast. When was what was the last one we did actually? Someone it's that's be some a year time. ago, now, isn't it? Yeah. Do you reckon it was Ross? Yes. That's it. Yeah. Ross okay. websites. Yeah. So today, Christopher, I thought we'd have Ian Thomas. Hello, Ian. Hi, how are you doing? On to good. Good. Thanks for coming on. And then we can talk about what I thought we'll do actually is I'll talk to both of you because we have a mixer and a masterer here, right? So we could talk about that. But let's begin with Ian. How is work? Busy. Yeah. Good. Yeah, it is. Hi. Right. It's good uh, day, it's yeah. got busier. It was quiet at the start of the year. Um, but then uh, during the rest of the year, it's, it's kind of picked up. So, yeah, it's uh, not, not going too badly at all. And that's um, that's mixing stuff, right? It is, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had one kind of sort of semi sort of mastering job, if you like, for a guy for an album, uh, but he wanted it mixing it first anyway, so uh, so that was fine. It was uh, you know fairly straightforward. Okay, good, good. And obviously we have uh, our mastering engineer or the mastering engineer, Chris Pavey here. Uh, have you guys have you guys worked the together on something? I can't remember. Yeah, we had a bit of collaboration backwards and forwards. Yeah, yeah. we were doing something for. Uh, I think it was for uh, yeah. I think it was a couple of tracks I was doing, and you were very kind enough to to give me some advice on that. So what's um? So how's like? I think to the both of you, like, what's it? Maybe since you know the pandemic and everything, like, not not just about that, but like in recent times, have there been any kind of like things happening with regard to like requests or anything that you've seen emerge recently? In terms of clients, mixing and mastering clients, Chris, you were me- you mentioned earlier about like just lots of Zoom meetings and like that's kind of crept up a bit. But is that like because of the projects or whatever? I think I don't know if if um Ian has the same thing as as this, but like since people have become more comfortable talking on Zoom and people be more comfortable talking on video chats, um, everyone now wants to do that. And that can be a really great thing, and it can also be frustrating. It can slow down the project. It can have a negative impact. But I think if you manage that well, and you set like, like if you're working in a building in a company, you'd have meeting times and you'd have scheduling times. I think as long as you mm. do that with your clients, it can still be really positive and really useful, and you can have a really good dialogue about what you're working on. And I think what it has done is it has negated some of some people's. Um, Sort of worries that it's not in a, maybe an attended session so i don't do any any attended sessions at my at my studio currently and i think a couple of times people have got well i just want i just want to sit and chat to you about the project right and, and maybe i don't need that as a, as the service provider but mm. they need that as the client and i think that's really come through especially in the last year or so people are thinking well this is we're now normal it's, it's normal to speak for two hours on, on a Zoom call. The whole thing like Zoom fatigue, I think, was rubbish to begin with. People have got better cameras, better audio. The, there are programs for routing audio in and out of Zoom that are really sophisticated now. So, yeah, I think yeah, it's about right. doubling, doubling down and, and using that tech, but, but still keeping some boundaries on it because you don't want to get stuck on a four-hour production meeting about a single track. Because if, if that's true, sure. then, there's, then there are bigger issues 
<laughs> in the production or yeah. mix or whatever. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it's like, you know, you're in a meeting, a Zoom meeting, and it's like, because um, so, some meetings could have just been emails, right? Yeah. But, and the Zoom thing, like, obviously it's normal now, like, even with, like, business clients that I have, it's it it's definitely an option to just remote in and talk, have that meeting on Zoom. Mm. But sometimes it's like go into the office as well. Um, but uh, you know, I find that some things are like. I I think sometimes it's like meeting for the sake of it, at the top of the week or something like that. Yeah. And then it's you know if there's if it's in, in like a team setting, um, you know, and everyone checking in on everyone because it's like stuff that you that is lost in mm. real life, isn't it? Well, um, I, th I think maybe. But, yeah. If, Ian, if you if you please, please feel free to jump in on this. I don't know if it's different for for mixing, but I I rarely have that many questions for my clients because the way my pipeline and 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 the way I funnel clients into um, the process, lots of those things are kind of cleared up in the form or in uh, like a, the conversation way before the project starts. But I guess in mixing, there's a, a more creative decisions and. And, and maybe there's more of a um, a collaborative approach to it. So when you're mixing a record, do you, do you have like a, a consistent dialogue chain with the artist? And has that been through video chats and audio calls more, or, or is it still very much email and, and, and messaging based? It generally starts. I mean, you're right. Yeah, it generally starts as as sort of messaging, usually through emails or through through a message service, you know, WhatsApp or something like that. Um, as we get further into it, then yeah the the questions start to you need more direct answers because they're generally sort of fairly rapid fire mm. you start off with a, a kind of almost like a production brief if you like i'm looking for this kind of sound i'm looking to you know recreate this or here's a reference track or whatever and there's a lot of work obviously then involved in kind of setting up the the project as it is um but as we get kind of further into it then it's the kind of right what do you think about this bit and you're sending people a short sample or something so um, you know, shop sort of you know, maybe it's a chorus and they want they're looking for something in in that particular, um, you know that area, and then that's when you need that kind of the, like I say, the sort of the more rapid fire answers. You need you need mm. a quick response from somebody. Otherwise, you could end up just building up a list, building up a list, building up a list, and then overloading people. Yeah, you know? sure, um, sure, sure. I think I, the sort of rapid fire way I find involves the client more. And they kind of get a feel of the sort of thing you're looking for. And they're saying, well, what about this? And could you try that? And you try, you send it back. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. Or, right. you know, no, that's not quite it type thing. So, No, absolutely. I think because we've, we've all done the thing where you, you, you receive the email and it's like a five yeah. paragraphs. And you think, yeah, okay, screened. which one am I going to take? Yeah. <laughs> which one, which point am I going to apply to first? And you sort of break it down. And I think mm. absolutely right. And I, I, I use WhatsApp quite a lot with, with clients and, I was kind of opposed to it for for a while because I, I wanted everything kept in one place. Sure. But then mm. I exactly as, as Ian said, you, when you have that faster, can I just ask you this one quick question? Mm -hmm. And it's not an email. It's just you'd have to do the, hi, how are you? Blah, 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 yeah. blah, yeah. The sort of social politeness that we still have in emails. And and, and that's important because we're, we're in a service industry. But as long as the WhatsApp has boundaries, so as long as you're not opening that WhatsApp nine in the evening and <laughs> doing a, an hour-long conversation with someone but having that quick 
snappy snappy dialogue mm. is yeah that's that's, mm. that's a really really good point Ian. yeah do you mm. find any issues with uh um working across different time zones because I, I find whatsapp and things like that can be can be helpful sometimes but as you say you end up oh. you know you're working with somebody on you know the west coast of america and you're ending up it's you know 11 o'clock at night and you get messages from them and you, you kind of feel oh i should maybe do that now you know yeah oh out right. all the time all the time yeah, yeah. yeah. it's it really is i think with all of this it's just setting some really hard boundaries for yourself mm-hmm. and i know exactly what you mean you think when it when it is at 10 30 11 and you, you are up on a friday night and you've got your laptop sat on in front of you and you think oh i just I could just answer that, couldn't I? But then I guess mm-hmm. you're almost like setting that Pavlovian response to that client of, oh, Ian's always at the end of the phone. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when you are, until mm-hmm. you're not, until it's Friday at five and you're mm-hmm. out with the family or you're doing this or you're away at the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I mean, it's the WhatsApp thing, like, I hear you, Chris, because there's been a point, there was a point when I was like, don't want any work in the whatsapp thing but it just is the most fluid like if i i I just know if i'm like oh if i try and like put clients in slack like i have actually used slack with clients before but like um and i still use it for some particular things but then i'm like oh i got you know it's just that's just more friction in the communication Mm. process you Mm. know it's like i gotta go to i'm already you know in whatsapp it's just a bit WhatsApp is just a bit easier, but there have been at time there have been times where I'm like, oh god, I really wish. I mean, often I wish I didn't have WhatsApp. Oh, ever. every day. <laughs> oh yeah, like I'm like, oh god, and then like I'm in these groups. Some are like work groups. Some are like pub mm. local groups. Yeah, and they just they're just full of rubbish. If, you know, if I could split WhatsApp into personal and work. Yeah, I I would love that. So, so, so same number, same address. It's, it, there's no different client facing stuff. They don't think they're being like segregated into a group that's only available at this time. But if I could just have two feeds where I really could flick between, I think I, there is actually be... there is there are things that go in that direction where like you can create a ticketing system that is connected to a WhatsApp business account. Yes. Yeah. Which could be a way to go, but. I just, uh, I just, I, I, I mean, we, we talk endlessly. Yeah, well, we, we, we said before, Emily, Chris, like we're, we're always breaking our own rules that we say. Like, I'm yeah, sure yeah. on a podcast two years ago, I said, oh, I, I try and keep all my client communication and email and email only, so there's a record of it. I do agree with that, and there are some things like invoicing always through email, yeah, all that yeah. kind of thing. Anything that's anything that gets kind of big and like I, this needs to be, I want this in a really easy recallable way straight into the email but as you said i found i was making more friction for myself by keeping some of these channels clear and okay i still have people doing production questions over instagram and i'll try and pull people across to one thing or the other but at the end of the day i just have clients that instagram is the place where they are communicating with everybody else in their bubble so they're jumping across to mine. Do I go into theirs or do I force them to come to mine? Are they then just going to not be as communicative because I'm making them go yeah. to email? Mm. I don't know. It's, yeah. I think maybe I, I, I think don't maybe know. We, we worry about trying to keep everything too clean, I think. And business is complicated and you have to, you have to bend over backwards sometimes and make things work. And it's just messages at the end of the day. 
Well, that's it. And if, if it means you've got your email yeah. client open, your Facebook messenger client open, you've got Instagram, <laughs> WhatsApp, you've, yep. you've got goodness knows what else, Slack and everything in that open, then, well, that's what mm. you need to do sometimes, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think I've got it right in front of me now. That's why. That's exactly what I've got open on my laptop. So. <laughs> I've got WordPress open. And because <laughs> I'm always in there breaking it. And then um, got Gmail, Gmail, Slack, LinkedIn sometimes. Um, but I try, what I do is keep them on the browser. Yeah. Nearly everything, because then I can just close it and be done. Yeah. You Minimize know. it out of sight, out of mind. Just my sort just of. like bye. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> so this, is, this is this is good. This is good um, thing to move into. So in so in social life, then guys. So it is Friday. It's five. Are you shutting everything pub. down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause, yeah, yeah. Obviously, a stupid on. question. But like, I I've I have really not. I've really gone away from taking my laptop out of this room. Um. Mm. Because I found that I was doing a lot of evening typing admin stuff. And oh. I've really, I've really tried to, it's, it's, it's very easy to say, well, I'm, I'm going to close email, I'm going to close that. But notifications get through somehow on everything now. And especially with yeah. Apple products, everything's connected and everything pings at the same time. So I also go into my global do not disturb. I found that's been key and leaving the laptop in the studio. <laughs> Mm. So I'm physically separated from it. Yeah. Mm. I moved away from my laptop on uh, for the studio work and actually got a, uh, it's a Mac mini that I've got um, mm. and got everything set up on that. So it's actually physically, I can come out of the studio, close the door, move away and that's it. You know, but yeah. as you say, you know, if you've got Apple products, I've got an iPhone and then it'll just, it'll ping through on that. And then sometimes you sort of be like, oh, I could probably just do that now. I could polish that off before tomorrow. You know, I know it's mm. Friday night, but... Yeah. <laughs> And and the self-employed engineers, we are. If we're not working, we're not making money. If we're not making money, we're not doing our job. That's mm -hmm. the mindset we have sometimes. And I always fall into that of going, well, I could just do that, and then I'll be ahead tomorrow. I won't mm -hmm. have to do that tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning, I can start the day doing that other thing. Yeah. And then suddenly it's one in the morning, and you, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like it's also. Um... It's also a mindset thing, isn't it? It's like, I mean, I work from my laptop for the most part, but I'm all, I also just work in WhatsApp on my phone because work sometimes is just back and forth and reviewing materials that have been dropped into WhatsApp to me or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, so sometimes like I'm laying down on the sofa looking, looking like I'm relaxing, but I'm actually like working because oh. I'm like, <laughs> you know what I mean? But the the laptop is in the other room, but I'm yeah. working, you know. Yeah, I've, my my security camera above me in the studio. If I did a time lapse of that, most of the time I'm sat on this couch with a laptop <laughs> on, on my lap. <laughs> I've got a huge setup, all these screens, and the Mac Pro in the corner running. But that's that's not my business. That's where I do some mastering, mate. In my head, on YouTube, day in the life. <laughs> it's it literally it will literally be me do just it. sat there, just going, <laughs> just typing away, <laughs> and like, every so often getting up. I wander around. For some reason, I wander around and I stand over there. Whenever I take phone calls in the studio, I stand in that corner. I don't know why. I could just see you <laughs> pacing have. around, like on the phone. Oh. It's just like just round the yeah. yeah I want round, it done round, round yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> looking, looking for a place to slam. That's the problem with the iPhone. You can't slam an iPhone down. No. Because you crack. What do you screen. mean it's not tax deductible? <laughs> what are you talking about? 
push it through. I, so why have I turned into why have I turned into Reggie Cray from? What, what's I don't on? I don't know, Ron. But that's how Sorry. you do business on the phone. Hey, we, we've been doing a podcast for twenty five minutes, and you've not done an impression, Chris. So I just wanted to make sure we got that out of the, out of the way. Early. Because when I do my impressions, Chris, I do them very loudly indeed. All right, Michael. Um, okay. <laughs> you can tell it's been a while since we've done one, man. Because we've got <laughs> like a, a lot of pent up. To, yeah, no, I'm just, I'm getting, I'm getting comedy. Out of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. In a minute, Roger Moore will come through the door, and I'll, I'll, I'll uh, yeah. Um. <laughs> come on, Chris. Serious. It's a, serious. We're, we're, serious we're doing a professional times. podcast. A professional podcast. Okay. But, cool. But no, so that's a really good point. So having having the tech removed from the from the process is really what I've got to have. Like I right keeping keeping in here, keeping it separate. If not, you'd end up not having this work life balance. And I gave, we we we've talked far too much. I want to hear Ian's um, thoughts on this. Like, what what sort of things do you do in that you so you you keep your professional and family and life separate, and it doesn't or or are you or is that something you are struggling with? Because I am. <laughs> it's, yeah, no, it is. It's definitely something that I struggle with. Um, it's it is one of those things. I mean, I I I also have a day job as well that I do. Um, so everything that I do on the music side has to be done effectively. What would be classed as my own time, but I do take uh, a day a week uh, where all I do is is um, you know stuff for the uh, for, for the music side of things, um, and then it ends up being most weekends as well, and a lot of nights. It's fine. I enjoy it. You know, I enjoy what I do. Uh, I enjoy working with people um, and, you know, and trying to build this into into something more than it was a year ago and two years ago and three years ago. But yeah, the, the sort of the, the separation of it, it, it is very much for me. I, I end up being a bit more reactive to things, whereas I should be a bit more structured in what I do. Um, and so if I get something that comes through from a client, as we say, you know, sort of seven, eight, nine o'clock at night or whatever, or, you know, somebody across in the US, they're just, you know, they've finished work. They're then going into their studio, their, you know, creative space, whatever it is. Uh, and then they're sending me a message. Hey, how are we getting on with this? You know, I had a thought. What about this? What about that? I do feel an obligation to a degree to actually say to them, yep, yeah, no problem at all. I can do that. And instead of saying to, to them, you know, I can do that tomorrow morning or I can do that tomorrow for you. I say, tell you what, I'll just rattle that off now. It can be yeah. 11 o'clock at night. I'll come to the studio, turn everything on, you know, yeah, right. get the LEDs pumping away and, <laughs> of course, and, so. and, and, and do, you know, do whatever it is I need to do, send it back to them. And then I can feel to myself, well, you know, I've been, I've reacted to, to their needs um, and helped the flow of the work. Otherwise it can, particularly with time zones, can become very, very stilted in what you do. And you end up with a day can go by, 24 hours, 48 hours can go by. And, I don't think that's good for building relationships with people if they're wanting things, you know, quickly. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I think a lot of that is also like one thing I've learned over time is like expectations and like setting them out the gate. Right. Cause I'd rather be like, Oh, um, I'm not available this and then uh, in these times, but then surprise and delight in real time. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Because because then it's like boundaries, but when I do break the rule, it's mm -hmm. kind of a good thing, and it's you know, and yeah. I felt like I need to do that. Un but like, under promise, over deliver. It's kind, it's kind of an under promise, over deliver kind of idea, yeah. you know. Like, but it's not always. But I get it, like, and I'm someone who's always like, "Am I doing enough? Am I doing enough?" Like, so, so when someone 
messages me and and needs my help i'm like you know i'm like oh okay good i i'm gonna i'm gonna respond to this now because i feel like i need to do that for myself anyway yeah oh yeah definitely and 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 also we all love what we do like yeah right it's that thing of we're we're doing this because it's our jobs and things we want to do but also we well hope we we love it so yeah when a track comes through the like i want to hear that track as soon as possible yeah. because yeah. i'm mm-hmm. hoping it's great and it, it makes me excited to get in the studio and master it but as you said that can very easily go oh it's 11 o'clock and then like it's half one and i'm like oh i've been working on this for three hours <laughs> Do you know what I mean? you, <laughs> yeah 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 you don't want to yeah, it is amazing that the way the time disappears as well. Sometimes you start something like you say, sort of you know, eleven o'clock, and it can be nearly you know one, two o'clock in the morning, and you're actually you're buzzing from it, you know, because you've you've managed to achieve something. But yeah, it's uh, it's not good for the work life balance. Yeah, I mean, like on a deep level, I'm the I'm the I'm the sort of person who I think we can all relate to this, but like I probably construct a lot of my identity based on what I do for work, right? So if you know, I feel like so compelled to to break that rule, right? When it when it does come through, especially if I'm having if I'm having a wobbly day inside where I'm like, oh, uh, you know, doubt creeps in and stuff like that, and then someone messages me that they need me, and then, and I have that fulfillment, you know. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Like, I am necessary in this world, like it, you know. <laughs> and then it reinforces that it's probably not a good thing. It's it's probably um no, not but great, it's. But... But this is this is it. Like we we we. I know we have lots of circular conversations, Chris, and and but I like those because it's kind of how it's how we unpack new ideas. And we said that time and time again, it's it's like with the imposter syndrome we've talked about before. Like we need constant validation because we work in a creative field. We work in a field where whatever we do is is either immediately or in the next couple of hours told whether it's good, bad, crap. Like people will yeah. say, "Oh no, this is not right. I want this changed." So that feeling of control and doing the best we can and right from the off, that first email, you want to be providing the best service you possibly can. Right. And if that means 100%. you reply within 24 hours or 12 hours, like that's like I, I try and set myself a, a 24 hour rule that I will acknowledge someone's email. So I may not be able to answer all their questions. I may have not been able to listen to the track yet, but I've said, thank you for submitting this track for mastering really looking forward to working with you if you have any questions please let me know i'll be i'll listen to this as soon as possible and get back to you then that client feels heard they feel seen they know the emails work like I, i've had people email me 24 hours later where it's like i'm just about to reply and they're going oh did you get my email yesterday <laughs> and, and and because that's the kind of but, but it sounds it sounds crazy but we all have done that before we've sent an email and gone oh gosh how's that oh been normally they reply in 20 minutes and it's been two days yeah. and it's just because mm-hmm. they were on holiday or they were out with their family or they this happened or whatever but that because we have doubt and we're flawed human beings in the back of our brain it's going oh they hated it they hated it it was rubbish <laughs> yeah they hated it's it. obviously it's obviously rubbish they, they, they've obviously just run out run out of their own studio and just run away from your file that they got, they got sent through like <laughs> bet i'm sacked <laughs> yeah <laughs> Bet I'm sacked. And I, but, but I come back to this and go, I think that's a great feeling to have because it proves that you care. Like it proves if you just had no emotion when you sent off a, a mix, 
or a master, whatever, you're like, oh, I don't, I don't really care what my client thinks. I've, I've done it. It's, I think it's perfect. If they don't like it, tough. I would be really upset if that became my mindset. And then I would know that's a sign for me to stop what I'm doing. Mm. Like, I, I, I kind of hold myself to that standard of if I start not caring, if I stop thinking, oh, I really hope this person likes this, then I should, then that's my sign to that you've, you're tapped out. You shouldn't be doing mastery anymore. You, every, every track, I want people to be like, this is fantastic. And I want to have that slight doubt in my mind that I really hope they love it because that proves I care. I think that's the ideal mentality to have when you hit that button to deliver that, that, mm. that master to them. In, in your case, you know, when I deliver a mix to somebody, I want them to think, wow, yeah. I didn't know we sounded that good. You know? Yeah. And yeah. you, then unless I think you're actually in that kind of mindset and delivering that, if you say, like you say, you know, you, you deliver something and say, yeah, I'm, I'm happy enough with that. I'm sure they will be because it's way better than it was the thing that they sent me. That's not the right mentality. You know, yeah. you should always be questioning. You should always be thinking, could I change that? Could I alter that? Could I make that better? You know, what are they going to come back with? You know, and when they do come back and say, hey, that's great, but there's this and that and the other, you go, ah, you know what? You're right. Yeah, yes. that works. You know? That's it. Yeah. I find there be to be quite a big difference in amongst engineers to be a big difference in how much client input they take. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Some some engineers are like, send me the stems, send me the tracks. I'll send them. I'll send you back a mix, and that is that's it, right? Some are like. What are you, you know, on the other end, it's like, oh, what are you hoping to get out of this? You know, do you have an idea of what you want it to sound like? Blah, 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 and then everything in between. But I, I, I find there to be quite a big difference. I think it's like a generational thing, perhaps. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I've, I've seen people advertise, you know, I can mix and master your track in 24 hours and I'll do it for $5. And you think, no, you can't. <laughs> yeah right and that's yeah. and that's yeah. that's minimal input that one then isn't it mm. it's like well that's that's running it through ozone and hitting <laughs> yeah, the master yeah. master that's assistant button yeah, yeah. you know and then sending them an mp3 back that's it you know yeah. it's yeah. yeah probably cheaper to just actually get ozone long in the long term <laughs> probably <laughs> I, I ozone it myself yeah. well I, I i've been so in september i've been doing this 10 years and i used to ask loads and loads of questions i i i and actually chris actually you helped me must be five years ago now sit four years ago now we went through my website form and we took out a lot of stuff because i realized i was asking too many questions and getting too much information and actually now i've boiled it down to a small amount of information but then i think as long as you put please ask me anything you want to know or are concerned about because yeah. then that leaves it really open for them. Because some people don't want to give you a dialogue. They do want to give you the mix or the, and, and just yeah. say, like, I want your 100% opinion. But that normally is after you've worked with that client for a while and you have that trust. Right. Very, very few first-time clients just send me a track and go, great, I fully trust you. Do whatever you think's right and then send it back to me. Most clients will say, well, I've got these notes. These are my references. And then afterwards they'll go what did you like can you talk me through your process a bit what you think and they want that they want that dialogue 
because it helps them feel secure and helps them develop. And then the next time we work together, the dialogue gets shorter. Mm -hmm. And then two years down the line, I have clients who just drop things into a, a Dropbox and send me a message saying, new track in Dropbox. And that's, that, that, that's the <laughs> communication I have in, until I message them saying, your master's back in the Dropbox. <laughs> and yeah. I'll tell you what I always used to struggle with when it comes to audio engineering, like mix and mastering and clients is references. Like you mm. mentioned references. Mm -hmm. Like, like real talk, there, there have been times where I'm like, okay, I don't know really what to derive from that reference when I'm listening to it. And sometimes I'm like, oh, okay, I see where they're at. I get it. Do you get that? Is that, do you, you know what I mean? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay. I mean, I'll, I'll get people that'll send me something through, and they'll say, you know, I want this to sound like, you know, Post Malone. And you go, really? <laughs> I don't think that's the reference track you're really looking for. You know, and it's a string quartet. You think? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Dude, I was anyway. literally gonna say string yeah. quartet. <laughs> 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 oh. yeah. It's all. It's to all of us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not yeah. that, but that, yeah? But yeah. You know, mm -hmm. not that, but Jaws. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So this is, this is, this is a really good point you, you've raised, actually, because um, I have clients that are very un... Not, I don't want to say unmusical. I don't mean that. Like, untechnical musical. So they have no, mm. any technology base at all and no music theory base. It's just instinctive creative and it's fantastic. I have to learn a new language with, with each of those clients because there's right. no common ground. When they send me a reference, it's not because they want it to sound like that. It's they're trying to get one thing out of this record that they're kind of hearing. Yeah. And that's the bit they want me to reference. So I, yeah. I think those are the clients where I have to have that longer dialogue and you really do have to sort of get into the... What do you mean blue? Do you mean like what blue? More, Not blue, more, but blue. I mean, <laughs> blue. <laughs> or I saw, someone was said that they wanted it to sound granite, gr like granite. That, I think that's the most odd request I've had that I had to sort of pick into what that meant. Um, yeah. First, I thought it, I thought it meant granular, and I was like, well, okay. But but no, granite mm. was yeah. Mm. I'm still granite not quite sure. I mean, they were right. happy with the master, but yeah. If anyone's got any input on what granite could mean musically, <laughs> please. Please write in. I'd I'd love to know people's feedback on that one. <laughs> what one piece of advice to anybody who's doing this is: you have to let your clients feel they have control. And if they need to send you files and they need to send you references, you need to let them send it to you. If the worst thing you can say to a client is, "I don't need references," because even if you don't, you've just mm. said to them, "I don't, I don't do references." I don't do, I don't do references. Sorry, actually, <laughs> but 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 some but off, but sometimes you don't. Sometimes you really don't. You might listen to reference and go, well, I'm not really sure. what," And you have a dialogue and you're still thinking, oh, okay, well, mm, okay, great. But if you say, no, I don't want your references, what all they hear is, is I don't value your input. Mm -hmm. And then you've just created yeah, a barrier. You've just created a barrier that you're now not going to get by. Mm. You just, yeah. No, like you say, if you, even if you've got the, uh, you've had a, an extended conversation at the start at the front end and you, you've got all the information that you think you need, you know, mm. asking the questions along the way. And if, yeah, if somebody offers references, take them, yeah. you know, even if you, you, like you say, you have that, that thing with them. Well, what part of that is it you're looking for? You know, 
and they'll say, well, I'm looking for this, or I'm looking for that, I'm just looking for that kind of stuff, you know, that feel in that part or whatever. You can drill down and you can find out exactly what it is. And they probably know that you can't recreate, uh, you know, a, a top artist's sound from what they've given you. That's not what they're looking for. Mm. You know, they're not looking to sound like that. They're looking for whatever it is that kind of gives them the, the influences, if you like, from, from what, they're, what they've heard. Exactly. Until the reference comes in and it's minus three LUFS. You're like, oh, <laughs> like, oh. Uh, like, really? no, don't yeah. get me onto loudness, sorry. You, so you just want it loud then. Uh, we'll just we'll just whack the volume up, okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's clipping. But, I mean, <laughs> I, I've, I, again, like, I've gone full circle on that now. And now I, I ask my clients very simply, like, what are you looking for in loudness? You do. You say the word. Yeah. Because... Big. Because it's great now because people are on the whole educated. So I have yeah, clients, yeah, they are, I have they clients are actually, that say yeah. to me, like, I fully get what you're about to say about loudness and dynamics. Yeah, yeah. Great. I don't care. And 2015, 16 me would have gone, oh, no, it's not going to. And I'm like, great. You, you've told me what you wanted. I'm in a server position. I'm going to make you a loud track. And that's it. it look, as long as they're happy and I will make it sound as great as possible and super loud, that's my job. And I believe I can do that well. Great. But it may not be exactly what I wanted it to be, but then it's not my track. Does but that also correlate in. when you got like a new limiter or something? Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> every, 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 time, every time I get a new limiter, I'm like, oh, great. Bring him in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cooking sausages up in here. Just cranking it right down. <laughs> Two for one. Get your hot dogs. Yeah, but again, but it's, it's true. Like, literally five, five years ago, I would never have dreamt I'd have said that. And now I'm like, great. Uh, well, that's it's fine. As long as people are making the educated choice, as long as, as long as I've said my piece, and if they then go, great, thank you for telling me that, I do want this to go down this direction, then that's great. But also, it's great when they say, fantastic, I don't care. They've, yeah. made an inform they've made an informed decision. People are definitely more informed about it. Um, mm. And I think it's just, maybe it's just kind of like decreased in relevance over time. Like it's just because we've moved, we have slowly moved away from the CD age of like maximum whatever loudness. But um, I think also um, thing about, I think it's good because like you're addressing the elephant in the room out the gate because the elephant is in the room, the loudness elephant, whether you address it or not, isn't it? And it's better, it's better to just have the conversation out the gate rather than two revisions down the line when it just, they and they wouldn't even tell you because sometimes people don't want to say it. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they don't want to be that person. And do you yeah. find do you find a way around that though is by actually saying to folk you know you, you ask a client what is it they're going to do with it are they releasing it for CD are they going to release it on Spotify streaming services what are they going to do and then have the conversation with them about which services will actually sort of hard limit things how they'll turn them down and that do you find you get get into that kind of conversation with them yeah all the time yeah all I certainly time. used to yeah yeah, yeah. I certainly used to and and again but even that's right even that's gone around full circles yeah. I will say about like oh there's no point in making it super loud for Spotify. But then people would just say to me, 
Well, there is because I, I it's great because because again, this is it's all information. I would say to a client, it's turned like this um, normalization is turned on, and they said to me, "Yeah, but what happens if it's turned off?" <laughs> and you think, great, I can't use that as my excuse, and then not allow them to turn it around and ask me back because that'd be hypocrite. That'd be hypocritical, wouldn't it? Yeah. I mean, so, it's always on, though, isn't it? Like well, 99.9% of the times. Sometimes it is, sometimes it's not. And people, I said, people are now educating themselves. So there are people yeah, now yeah. who are turning it off. I mean, mine's turned off for another reason, because I want it to be exactly what was sent to the distributor. So if I'm referencing tracks and I'm referencing things, I want that to be on my, on my streaming services. Right, 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 yeah. But... I find that we are now going full circle where people are like going, well, what happens if it does get added to a playlist that's unnormalized? And then I kind of go, well, my answer is still to say, yes, but your track will stand out with dynamics and blah, blah, blah. I'm going, <laughs> yeah, if they, if they don't care, I can't convince them. I am not going to convince a client with my spiel about dynamics when all their metrics are based on when I press play on this playlist my track has to be the same or louder than the ones before and after it. Yeah, I always say to clients, you know, look, this is your art. It has to be the way you want it. If you want it to be super loud, then it'll be super loud. Yeah. If you want it to be dynamically interesting or whatever, then it'll be dynamically interesting. But ultimately, you're, you're right. It's, it's their art. It has to be the way that they want it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and who are we to tell them that they're wrong? Because no, well, they're not, yeah, they're not like wrong. Say, it's just opinion. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and we're providing the service, so yeah, yeah. I feel yeah. like that's that's definitely a sentiment that's changed over time. Where before, you know, I feel like the authority has leveled out over time. Like the mastering engineer was the authority back in the day, like, and there was no. Yeah, it wasn't a client because some some studios still run that way. Like they they like, I'm I'm the authority. You know, I'm the authority on this. Um, what I deliver is what you get because I know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. But and, and, yeah. now I think as, uh, but I think as time and culture has changed, it's also become more of a service in that way. Like it's been more client centric, if you like. People mm-hmm. don't want to be talked down to. Like people don't want to be told. This is the way it should be. Unless you can give a really great reason. Like I have classical artists I work with and they're the ones that I will push harder back on, on loudness because I really feel it's worth me doubling down on loudness. And sometimes I win those conversations and they go, great. I think you're right. It comes out, they listen to they go, we're so pleased we went down this route with loudness because that piano piece was just broken up and sounded awful. But yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I, I don't want to be a master engineer that stands and looks down on people and says, this is what it should be. Take it away. Cause I win but clients it, from those master engineers yeah. every week. Mm-hmm. I think some clients, it, again, it comes, it's, it comes down to, I think some clients want a bit of authority. They want someone because they're not sure. You know what I mean? Because mm. then they want someone to say, to help them decide what is true, you know, and be like, uh, like, I imagine you, you, at some point, it's like, 
like in my world sometimes i'll just say like it's this way because that's how we're going to move forward and not doubt because if we have too much doubt in the air and i'm not like i'm not kind of being like well because sometimes it's a matter of moving things along and making sure things get done you know um do, do you ever get that do you do you ever like put you like well i'm going to make a, an executive decision on this then for the sake of getting to the other side of this point in time yeah absolutely uh, i mean the, the, there are clients that, that you like you say you can have those conversations with um where you will you'll be going through the process with them and they'll be saying but i want it like this i want this i want this i want this and then you need to reach a point where you actually say to them okay you know i know exactly where, where it is you're heading for but look this is going to be better you know um i had what uh, one client um you know very very talented young man hugely creative hugely and some of the things that he was putting into his songs you're like where on earth did you get the inspiration for that from um but you'd reach a point where you'd be saying i just want to tweak this just just point one of a decibel and you're like look not going to make a difference honestly mm. not going to make a difference you know in the whole you know thing that everything that's going on in there the whole mishmash of all the instrumentation and all the bits and bobs going on oh but i just want that and you go okay fine i'll do that but let's not adjust it anymore and you have to reach that point you know you're talking weeks into a mix you know and it's been backwards and forwards and backwards and forwards but uh yeah sometimes like you say you just have to reach that point where you say enough's enough on this point you know yeah yeah absolutely i mean because sometimes there are moments as well it's just like look I, i've just got i've got this idea but i can't really explain it to you but can i just do it and then send it to you and if you don't like mm -hmm. it you you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. you're like, look, can you just trust me for a second on this one thing? Like, I just, because when, when I, when you hear it, I feel like you'll believe me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Or let, you know, let, let's try it this way first. If you don't like it, I can take it out. Yeah. But, yeah. You know, yeah. Because your one's creativity comes in and goes, oh, wouldn't it be so good if we did this? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. And they might agree or disagree, but at least, you know, uh, as an artist yourself, you know, like, you're like, oh, okay, well, I, I know I did that. I know I got that. Yeah, it's, it's about keeping that balance, isn't it? You have to balance. You have to make sure you give them the option. But it's like, you're being a good parent. You're like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to let you go off and do what you need to do, but I'm still going to give you advice. I have, to, I have to know when to stop you running into the road. <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I, can't, I can't hold onto your hand forever, but I am going to stop you if you're going to run in front of a bus. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes with clients, you have to just let them come to you first, let them trust what you're saying, mm -hmm. and then the more and more you work with them, I think it gets easier. And this is this is all very centric around first-time clients, I feel, because as you get to develop with a relationship with a client, you know the clients that want you to give them your honest, honest opinion. Then you have the clients who are like, no, 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 give me your honest opinion, not mm -hmm. your slightly rose-tinted view i really want you to tell me what you think about this track and how we can make it better and it's up to us as service providers to, to know which which clients are which and mm -hmm. and not muck it up mixing as a service isn't it it's like oh this is mass i'm talking like it's difficult for me no mastering's easy compared to mixing with it i ian that you there's so many more things that clients could say to you and you really could have a 50 chain email about the drums oh yeah yeah and, and, yeah yeah 
Yeah, you, you can go full circle. You can you can absolutely go full circle. <clears throat> you know, you, you'll get uh, you'll get something through, and the, they'll say, "I'm happy with this. I'm happy with this. I'm happy with this." But I'm not happy with the drums. You know, the drummer wasn't very good, or he was slightly out of time, or we're not sure we had them mic'd up properly, or whatever. And I've had situations where you know you get all that through, and everything's right, and they keep on coming back to it. Oh, everything is absolutely right. I love what you did with this and that and the other. I'm still not happy with those drums. And that's when you reach one of those points that we're talking about. You say, "Well, how about?" I program some drums for you. I'm not a drummer. You know, I don't have a, a drum kit set up, but I can program drums. So how about I program some drums yeah. for you? You see what the sound like, and you send it back to them, and they go, man, that transformed the track. You know, can yeah. we keep, can we stick with those? And you go, great. You know? But that's, that's, well, that's a, a good, that's, that's a, a good point. That's a good it? example where you'll go beyond the remit as well, isn't it? Yeah, you're getting into the sort of the, the almost sort of post-production really, aren't you? Really, you know, you're sort of, you're getting into that. Well, let me just apply this to that, you know, I'm not quite sure what you've done with that, but how about I try this for you? And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But at least you've had that conversation. Yeah. I mean, Chris, I bet you've had moments where you're like, there'd be moments where like, oh, okay, look, can you just send me the stems this one time? Because that bass issue, I can't, I can't yeah. even dynamic TD on over it. <laughs> like I have to like, <laughs> well, uh, you know, hang on. I'll dial that back a bit. There's nothing a TD I never can't do. So just... <laughs> I can't believe I even said I know, what I said. Like, uh, yeah, maybe I, I'll cut just, this bit out. Yeah, that's not that's not going in. <laughs> TD I never all the things I didn't say otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I, I I totally get you, me, and and yeah, you have to just some sometimes in Marshall Engine you have to just say that I can't do this because what you're saying is. You, you, you have to sort of say, your track can't do this. Like There are limitations either in the mix, the production, the arrangement. Mm -hmm. I have clients that want super loud masters where I go, you cannot have a full range sawtooth sine wave bass line that's that <laughs> thick and that loud because it will not, that, that will soak up so much energy loudness is how I sort of describe to clients. You, I, I cannot make this track super loud. You, you you cannot have this in your arrangement and sound this way. And you have to say that I can then, can you send me some stems? Can we talk to the mix engineer? Can we adjust the arrangement or some of the mix? And that will allow me to do this. But there's a point where I go, Look, I, these are the limits of your track. And that's one of those occasions where I think you really do have to sort of stick by your guns and be very assertive, I think maybe is the word. Use energy that. loudness energy loud loudness energy maybe shall i <laughs> shall i run that by aes yeah maybe can we get, if we can get that and <laughs> <laughs> energy loudness relative to full scale <laughs> you i feel like you knew when you said yeah. that that you like i, I hope chris did not like i tried to keep talking it. i thought maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe no, get past no. it. i was no. like oh. coined coined it yeah Oh, energy loudness. Ian Shepard will be writing about that in about oh, a month. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I've got, I've, got my a sound, month. I've got a sound on sound article coming out soon about that. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Pavey on energy loudness, FS. But it's a thing. Like People, people don't realize how much an arrangement will, will impact loudness. And you have to sort of, yeah, you have to sort of be an educator in that moment. I've got a question well, at least for we've got Ian. the title of this. At least we've got the title of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting a question for you, Ian. Like when when you when you do mixes, do you send your mixes limited back to your client? 
like do you, do you get clients who who need they want it to, they want to hear it loud they don't say to you oh this and this this mix lacks energy and you go around the houses and you realize it's just because all you need to do is send it to them loud like it was mastered or like it had been boosted and then they hear it the way the way they the way they expected the mix to sound yes sometimes um it'll generally fall into one or two camps either i'll get people that'll say you know we want this mixed and can you deliver it back at you know minus six give it give us six decibels of headroom for the master and engineer yep no problem at all i'll do that you know sometimes what i will do is i will send them one back at basically at, at, at zero at full scale so they will get what i'm hearing when i'm listening to it you know before i turn it back down but if i just kind of you know limit it back down turn the gain down by six at the end of it or whatever it gives them whatever they need you know at, at their end um but then sometimes i will get other occasions where they will say you know we want this we want this loud you know they don't send a reference track or whatever we just want it loud we're going to release it on whatever and i you know can have the conversation with them about you know sort of limiting and things like this but ultimately they're not that interested as you say you know they they are they're producing the the their art that's what they want and they just want to get it out there and they want everybody to hear it the way that they want want it to be heard and 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 that's that's what that's what they'll do and lots of poor don't even bother getting it mastered you know they'll just they'll take the mix and then the next thing is you're getting a link you know from them saying that's great thanks very much for that i've dropped it onto spotify and you know wherever yeah. else um so yeah it, it's kind of it it'll depend on the client um as you say once you build a relationship with with people um you know two or three artists that i work with who always get their stuff mastered um you know they know that i know what they want so i'll deliver it in the format that they want it they can then work with that and that's fine that's um because that is a big question. It's, it's like to limit it or to not limit it, and then because you don't know that they're not gonna listen to it on a smartphone either, as well, right? And that's yeah. with with you know six dB of headroom without limiting, it's gonna be quiet on a phone, oh, isn't yeah. it? Like it's gonna be tinny, yeah. Um, so, but it it is a tricky one because then you're like, it's kind of like demo love right because mm. then they hear the limited version then the master somehow doesn't sound quite like that they fall in love with the limited mix like they fall in love with a demo before they get mix uh oh, yeah. mixing and then nothing compares because they've already rinsed the demo in their brain like the whole yeah. time mm. tricky huh is it better or is it different that's always a is it better challenge is it? isn't it yeah, yeah thing is it's all there but trying to explain to somebody it's all there it's just a bit quieter yeah yeah because that's, that's it's the all there part. as in like all the material is there mm. everything if you turn the sounds are in there yeah yeah, yeah. If, if you turn the volume yeah. up your end it would be there yeah but what are you gonna do yeah. huh well <laughs> well this this is okay another topic is like being in a conversation as a master engineer with a mix engineer is really great so i've received mixes before from a client where I know the mix engineer and I say to the mix engineer, oh, is this your reference mix? And they go, oh yeah, sorry, did, did they not send you the actual mix? And I've gone, no. And then I message the client back and say, oh, I have my little copy and paste. 
this track seems like it's already been heavily compressed and <laughs> limited. <laughs> and, and but 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 sometimes but sometimes like a mix engineer will, will clearly label everything and send it, and they'll send through the information. But the client goes, oh, but this one sounds better because they're literally clicking between two files. They're not reading the pre-master tag or limited mm-hmm. ref only tag. They just go, oh, this one sounds better. This is one. Why would I want? Why would I not send the best sounding one to the mastering engineer? Right. Mm-hmm. And 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 also, you can't tell people they're wrong with that because if they hear it, it's truth for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I yeah. have this every so often. I I always send back, obviously, my the the native sample rate, and then a forty four sixteen version. Every year, I'll have one client that will go. I preferred the forty four sixteen version. And I'll go, oh, no, no, I, this is not a preference thing. This is, this is, this is my <laughs> master delivery where I'm handing you back your native sample rate, 4416 version, and anything else they need. But they think I've sent them variations on a master. Ah, oh, right. Mm-hmm. And in their head, they've gone, oh, I've got to pick one of these. They're, they're, because they're, they're then, not they're not wrong either no they're not wrong they're not either wrong. Right? yeah yeah they're not wrong exactly and, and yeah. like and sometimes no and i always like oh I, I did i do send this paragraph underneath it explaining what everything is but people people read the email click the link and start listening straight away they don't really they sometimes don't read all the email and i think i every it always gets me every time where i go how can you hear that the 4461 is better or different at all but you can't, you can't tell them they're wrong. This is, if they no, hear it, they're not, if, they, right? yeah, if yeah. they hear it different, they've heard it different. Sounds different is different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is all psychoacoustics and psychiatry and brain, how we perceive things, but it's real. And, and we can't, yeah. we, and, and, and the worst thing you can do to a client is tell them they're wrong because then they'll resent you for it and they'll double down potentially harder on their viewpoint and then you're stuck. <laughs> I feel like it's it's actually kind of like uh, taking me back to some things. I'm like, oh, I remember that conversation. Um, but uh, like, they're not wrong because what they hear is what they hear, and that's it. Like, there's no other truth um, to this. Um, even if you, even if you like, nulled them and be like, look, there's no difference. It doesn't matter, like, yeah. or whatever. But because uh, I mean, and that's not a process that anyone's going to go through anyway. Um, this is but, one of the reasons uh, why I think actually a mastering engineer's job is actually harder. Coming back to what you said earlier on, Chris, you think the mix engineer's job is is you know harder because of what's thrown at you. But I think as a mix engineer, you can make a massive audible difference to somebody's raw stems that they send you, their raw mix. And I think the difficult part for clients to understand is what does a mastering engineer do? Yes, you know, because you can yeah. hear a massive difference from somebody's stems to a mixed, you know, well mixed, um, uh, you know, file. But then, when you hand that to a master and engineer, it's very difficult to explain the craft that's going to be created upon that. Then, I, I, maybe it's that thing of the other side of the other side of the uh, fence is always greener. Like <laughs> I'm looking over into the mixing, going, "Ah, oh, fantastic! I could just send, I can have it sent off to a master engineer, and all the things that maybe I." Didn't didn't figure out what I wanted to do. Yeah, I can push it that way. Do you know, it's, it is it is yeah. Because I, I I I miss the creativity sometimes of being able to go. Oh, I love to put reverb on this, so I'd like to mm. increase that reverb. I'd like to change that delay, or I'd like those things go through your mind. Mm-hmm. But 
no, that is, is a good point. And, and sometimes it is education. I have people say to me, oh, like, it just sounds a bit better as like a question. Yeah. And I go, thank you. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> like, I, and, and, and they're, and it's not them saying they're, they are vocalizing their understanding of what mastering is. Yeah. And, and they want to know more. And some clients really want to, they want, if they say to me, can you tell me what you did? I just, I just love to know what goes on and what you do. And it sounds amazing, but I want, can you tell me what's different? Mm. And, and sometimes I struggle to articulate what I do sometimes. <laughs> and it, it's, 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 it's very, <laughs> it's very difficult sometimes. It is. Especially I mean, if it's not technical. Yeah, they, they'll listen to the track and they know instinctively it's way better than it was before. It's way better than the mix. But they don't know why. Yeah. And and then they want to know why. Yeah. And then, yeah, yeah it's like, yeah. It's like, well, yeah. I spent, you know, 44 hours on this and I can't quite go into all the detail about everything that I did because I can't remember <laughs> what I did to start with. <laughs> and, yeah. and what's funny is, and because and, I've said this before, and I, I will have tracks to come through from mixes i work with for years and years and years and, and we're so in tune what we're doing and i will make minimal changes and i'll cut them flat i'll cut masters flat almost but i made yeah, yeah. rx yeah. stuff and i've checked stuff and they go it's mastered you, you you've told us that this is perfect that's that's mastering or if i'm what do I'm, you tell them that you cut it flat yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, and and i think that's a a, a confidence thing that i've only got relatively recently especially with like especially with the amount of like vinyl stuff yeah. i'm doing at the moment like i'll get mastered through where i'm making such minimal things and i'm saying no these these are great i'm not making them super loud i'm not accentuating yeah. low end. i'm not trying to bring vocals forward i'm i these sound great i'm doing some very cool. fine tuning they're going to be cut flat here and they'll, they'll go to the vinyl pressing and they'll be cut flat there mm. and they will sound almost identical to the mixes that came off out of the mix studio but because at that point it's basically them. just mm. yeah at that point it's basically just like limiting dither and print right like, yeah yeah, and, yeah but but they want someone to tell them that that's quality it. assurance yeah yeah quality control I'm, i used to say that i'm used to say look a large part of mastering is quality assurance yeah. quality control mm. especially if you're going to print ten thousand vinyl especially if you're going to print yep. especially if this is going to go out to your label and they're going to achieve to extend your contract like these are all things that happen to people and they they want validation and security and they want a team around them that they trust and that could be their producer the mix engineer and their master engineer and they need those three people with them through that record process absolutely part of a team we hit all of the touch points didn't we the mixing and mastering my takeaway is energy loudness obviously <laughs> you're never gonna let me forget that are you <laughs> nope you said it I'm going to stand by it now. I'm going to own it. Yeah. I've uh, coined a new phrase. You, you need to register the domain name this afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> energy, energy loudness. Energy, <laughs> energy loudness. There we go. A Chris Tavey company. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Drag and drop. Yeah. Energy loudness. Adjust your energy loudness to maximum loudness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Spotify adopts energy loudness as oh Stephen Slate will be normal... Stephen Slate will be emailing me soon ma making a plugin for it he'll be <laughs> he'll be there oh my god he'll look have you heard of energy loudness it's the new loudness <laughs> you must adhere to this standard now all of our plugins energy loudness <laughs> the only way I can do an impression of him is to do 
a Bill Clinton. <laughs> this t-shirt does not fit my body. Oh. Relations with that woman. <laughs> <laughs> ah, <coughs> Chris, you I'll, obviously I'll leave you to choose whatever what goes in. Yeah, well, is I out? I have I have edit privileges over this podcast. Energy so. loudness. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Um. Yeah, I think we should do this again sometime soon. Yeah. I think, which will be probably six months from now. <laughs> I'm joking. Going on past performance, <laughs> you mean? <laughs> Oh man, yeah. When was it? Was probably a year, Chris, wasn't it? Since we did a podcast before, probably. I I know I was in the, the other flat, so that was actually. Oh no, I was here. No, that was something else. It might have been October last year, maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Life got busy. I think so. The phrase I've been using a lot for people. <laughs> you know, it's it's like something that podca- podcasting is something I'm always like keen to do. Um, and then when you sit down and do it, you're like, oh yeah, of course, this is great. Like, cause it's, it's also just a good opportunity to sit down and chat and yeah. catch up. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of like, it's hard to squeeze one in. Cause then you're like, okay, cool. I need to like, I need to pencil in two to three hours yeah. ideally, like just for enough breathing space. Yeah. And to do one, but there is actually a ton of value in doing them because I know I listen to podcasts and I get a lot out of them. I'd um I'd like to have you back on again, Ian, and we'll just get straight into we'll just we'll just stay on mixing and get right into your process. How you like doing stuff? Oh, that's a good yeah. idea. Just yeah. like taking like like, like like take us through. Client comes to you to it gets signed off. What what that whole process is like? Because I always like speaking to other engineers about mm-hmm. how they do stuff, workflow. Tools, all sorts of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I mean, that'd be on. great. Aye. Yeah, there'll be some gear. Talk I think that's well. a really good idea. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, process is good. Like it's, and it's not often we talk about process because we talk philosophically about how things should should and should not shouldn't be. But um, process is good. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, lads. I'm gonna call it call it a day there. Okay. Just uh, Zian want to say where people can reach him and website, socials, etc. Yeah, uh, the easiest way is actually just to go to the website, um, santopia.co.uk, um, and there's links to all the socials and that on the bottom. There's uh, Instagram, Facebook, um, things on there. So, yeah. Brilliant stuff. Wow. For mixing services, right, Ian? Santopia.co.uk? Mixing services, yeah. Yeah. Fabulous. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for coming no on. No problem at all. It's been an absolute yeah, pleasure. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Brilliant. All right. Have a good one, guys. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Cuts. Recording starting stopped. <laughs> I was going to say, you go, oh, I didn't record it. Sorry, guys. Start again. <laughs> <laughs>